Yo, 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 what up, man? It's the one and only Smooth Egg, and as you can see, by all means, we are pushing forward with more content for you. Please subscribe and donate to keep the platform moving. Even a dollar can help us keep producing more content. NothingBeatsExperience.com. Make sure to donate. The link is in the description. It's also pinned to the top of the comments. I hope you enjoy the show. You already know Nothing Beats Experience. Let's go. Come on. Yo, what's going on, man? We're back, quarantine sessions, the one and only Nothing Experience. We are here with the one and only, the legendary A.B. Quintanilla. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, how have you been staying busy during this uh, quarantine uh, time, all this crazy stuff going on in the world? Man, to be honest with you, I have, I've just been staying in, man. Just staying in, like everybody has suggested. Uh, even making music is not a possibility because obviously you have to interlink and enter or you have to have uh, contact with other people, you know what I'm saying? Your production crew, stuff like that. So the, it, I, I wish I could be making music right now, but even at that, it's every, everything is just, I guess, not only me, just to all the musicians I've talked to, my friends, everybody's at a, just sitting around twidd twiddling their thumbs watching Netflix, man. I think I've watched everything on Netflix already. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Tiger King off the record a little while ago, man, you know? Right. Well, you no, know, no, that, no, that, that, that show, I, I mean, my when I, I I watched it first and then I turned my other musicians on to it. But I I hadn't realized just when you think you know some messed up people in the world, you realize there's some more messed up people in the world, man. That's a real life cartoon character right there, you know. And uh, just real quick before we get started, one thing that I did want to touch on as far as what's going on in the world with COVID nineteen coronavirus stuff, a lot of people aren't taking it that serious. I urge people to take it serious. This morning, I was informed that one of my former employees actually, uh, you know, was diagnosed with the, the coronavirus. So it's serious. You know, I, I've been checking on her and I told her I'm going to check on her over the next few days, make sure she's good. But uh, right. it's a real thing, man. I think people thought at first that it was like some media made up stuff. No, it's real. No, no, it's, 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 it's very real. I, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine. Uh, he's from a group. I don't know if you remember them from the 90s. Uh, the group was called Fulanito from out of New York. And the, the, my friend's name is Pickles. He's the lead vocalist for the group. And he got stuck in Colombia uh, when this whole thing broke out. And the rest of his family is in New York, which is the most affected area of this, uh, of this virus. And he said his, his oldest son caught it, his mom caught it, and he said one of his sisters caught it. But they're, he's reported that they've all recouped and they're doing well. The problem isn't, isn't that you can't recoup you know what I'm saying from this? The problem is, is that a pandemic is there's not enough medical facilities or medical attention to take care of you. That's the problem where, where you know, some of the uh, U.S. is, you know, going through right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, our country is a little arrogant. And so uh, they, they don't think we could be touched. And so you have all these people. No, no, it's I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it very serious. And, and I, I mean, I don't I haven't left the house. I think I'm going on, I don't know, maybe two weeks now. I've been on lockdown, you know, I, I, if, if I have gone, it's just for, you know, I try not to make contact with anybody, you know, I'll go two, three in the morning somewhere, you know, whether it be a, a Walgreens or something that's open 24 hours where I know nobody's going to be up at four in the morning, you know, wash my hands, just try not to make contact with people, you know? Well, man, I want to get to the business, you know, obviously right now with all that's going on in the world, we want to, we want to serve people with some entertainment. Yeah, definitely. Entertainment, man. Let's do yeah. this. So here we are, AB Kitania, like I told you before, I've known you for a few years now. I got an opportunity to work with you. On the yes, sir. Years ago, I told you this before, I'm going to tell my audience this. 
uh, I was told throughout my whole entire life growing up that I look just like you. Now that I'm looking at you, 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 you kind of do. Uh, that either means A, in our eyes, we think we're the most sexiest guys in the world, or, or B, people see us, they see us like they see us, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, beauty, a, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. You know what's so funny? I used to walk through the uh, through the hallways in high school, and people used to do that. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, my God. I, you know, I've I done that, and then, the, the, you know, you do these little these little these little hooks you know what i'm saying in your songs and stuff and and you never know what you're doing until it actually comes back and haunts you for years because <laughs> i can still go to a restaurant in miami and hear the cooks in the back doing that bird sound or the cuckoo whatever it might be just the little things that i added not knowing man people really get attached to those it's like if you, i think we see little john we're gonna go yeah yeah you know what i'm saying it's just it's just one of those things you know, or, 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 or DJ Khaled. We the best. Because of this decision that you made, I was traumatized. I yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. You're not the only one traumatized, my brother. Well, you were you were uh, collateral damage. Mine was, mine was, I did damage to myself not knowing, you know, but uh, I, I, I'm sorry for the for traumatizing you. <laughs> uh, you know what? They're all bullshit aside, man. You know, I, I've told you this on uh, several occasions off the record. You know, right. me, you're a legend. You know what I'm saying? You come from, a, a family that's considered royalty, not only in Texas, but just in, you know, Latin music, obviously, man. And, it, and it's it's always an honor to talk to you because I like to thank you. It's a guy to get different perspectives. Likewise, whenever whenever we get together, we have the most intelligent conversations, and and that's what I I love. Uh, like I as I said, I'm very proud of you. I I've caught some of your other interviews, and and the and, the, and I love what I love about your interviews is the, some of the spots that you've picked to do your interviews are genius, dude. And I, I, I congratulate you on that, on your, on your new venture. You're doing tremendous and, and uh, you, you're, you seem to, you're getting all the, t the, the, the creme of la creme interviews, which is, you know, not very many people can say, you know, they're interviewing these people or because you're actually friends with a lot of these people. So that, that's, that's a cool thing to have friends in this business. You know, it's so funny, man, because I'm here interviewing from my house and never in my wildest dreams that I think that I would be interviewing here from my house. But ironically enough, it, today is a, the one-year anniversary from when I actually started doing the audio podcast. We, we branched off and started doing the visual stuff at the end of last year going into this year. And we had all these badass interviews scheduled. And I had even reached out to you because I had saw that you guys were doing the big event in San Antonio. Right. And you know what? I want to go down there and I want to interview AB. And because I've never formally met Suzette, I was right. like, I can get an interview with them together, you know, and, and do it respectfully and, and do it really dope. Uh, and then all, all this happened, you know, and obviously I know. And, and I was and I was prepping for that show. As a matter of fact, as we speak, I, w I mean, I had a, my my visual, my videos. I already had uh, er everything. I mean. Because when you when you go to these large concerts, you know what I'm saying. People now they expect visual, they expect video, they expect more than just music. You know what I'm saying. If you got a screen that goes all the way from the floor all the way to the ceiling of the Alamo Dome, you got to utilize that screen. You know what I'm saying. You just kind of have it there sitting there. So and and just passing whatever graphics on it. You know your your show has to tell a story. You know what I'm saying. And and. That it was, it was. I mean, it's still going to happen. The Selena, the Alamo Dome, it's still going to happen, but just not right now. You know, who knows? We don't know how long this. Uh, I think uh, you know all the promoters and everybody because within I, I lost like fifteen shows within a, a two month period that I had 
I was uh, picking up tremendously this year. 2020 was looking really bright, you know, but the thing is, is that we can't lose sight on who we are, where we want to be, what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? This, this will pass. We will beat it like other things. But like you said, we're not invincible. We do have to, you know, respect the law and respect, you know, what, what nature is, you know what I'm saying? Respect it. Just like swimming, man, you know, like swimming and swimming in, in water, you know, you got to respect it, know how far you can swim and what your limitations are, you know, are you going to drown? Well, you know, I, and I think this, that right now is a really telling time because it's going to give us the opportunity to adapt. You know, for me personally, like, you know, like I said, never in my wildest dreams that I imagined shooting from my house. But when I was thinking about it, I, I sent you a message. I was like, man, AB, you know what? I, I want to get busy. I just got interviewed one of the guys from Tiger King documentary. That, that's crazy. That program, if anybody hasn't seen Tiger King, man, you guys got it. Like I said, it's, it's a... Uh, it's entertaining. I don't know if it's a good kind of, it kind of, it, it, it's, it's a, it was, it was very put together very well. Whoever put it together. I mean, it was, it's been that number one on Netflix for I don't know how long. So, Man, you know, it almost seemed like it was a parody, but what was crazy is that as soon as I was like, came hey, and I want to do these interviews, I thought of you and I said, you know what, granted the show's not happening when it's supposed to happen, but we could still make this interview happen. So here we are. And we're going to talk about whatever it is that we feel like talking about. Right. I want to give you your flowers because, like I said, man, I feel you're a legend. I feel like you don't necessarily always get the credit that you deserve as a musician, as a creator, as a music mind. Because in that sense, you know, I relate because I don't necessarily feel that I get that same credit, right? But right. I think now that, you know, time is telling the story, it's like, like you said earlier, it's almost right. like you get that respect until you're older. Yeah, that, that we were talking about that earlier. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've had this conversation and, and uh, that's the one thing that I've noticed that's wrong with the market is that a lot of the awards show a lot because the thing is, it's like um, recently I received uh, I received a, a BMI. It's called the million million spin club. And it means that one of your songs has been spun on radio over a million times. Now, if you think about radio, let's say when your song is hot, They'll spend it, what, once, twice an hour per day? You know what I'm saying? So to reach a million spins is incredible. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not a club everybody, you know, um, belongs to. Now, presidents will come and presidents will go. They'll change. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm part of uh, um, a songwriting society called BMI. Now, um, when the president, the old presidents left, he actually asked for me and, and I was like, uh, his name was Del Bryant, and and he he asked for me to be at the awards. It was at the Bellagio in Las Vegas, and I was like, "Man, I haven't I haven't written in a minute." You know what I'm saying? I, I why do I need to go? And sh and they the people from BMI said, "Cause Del, it's his last year. And he he requested that you be at his his last his last uh, uh, appearance as president. You know, as he retires, and he wants you to do video and." Little do you know the impact you have on people, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you, you work with people and you, throughout the years, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Del Bryant, I went uh, to the Bellagio. I sat down. I said, please don't sit me in the back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, please don't sit me in, you know, in, in the, the dusty songwriter uh, collection in the back of, of songwriters. You know what I'm saying? Because I know there's, there's all these new cats and stuff. And they said, no, no, no. So they got me a nice table. I was sitting in. And um, uh, sitting in, uh, at the same table with Espinosa Paz, when Espinosa Paz was uh, tearing it up in the Mexican regional market, he was like one songwriter of the year, et cetera, et cetera. 
not saying I haven't done that myself. You know, I've won a couple of songwriter of the years back to back. But so I went and little did I know out of all the people that Dell selected, it was just myself. Um, it was myself, Pitbull and Emilio Stefan. Wow. Those were the only, those were the only three people that he selected to make video out of all the songwriters. And you're talking, there's a lot of songwriters that write for B, for BMI, uh, but things change. You know what I'm saying? The, I received this million, this million spin award. They, they send it to me in the mail. Now, it, when you receive an honor like that, usually you receive it in front of your peers. You know what I'm saying? In front of your other, like if there's going to be a BMI songwriting award uh, you show, like they have, they have BMI award shows. They usually bring you up and they say, hey, he's become part of this million spin award. You know what I'm saying? But that's how, like you said, you know, disrespect and not respecting the people behind the scenes happens not only to me, but it happens like re recently what happened to the reggaeton uh, movement. Uh, now, reggaeton it's creeped into the backyards of Texas. When you hear it on urban stations throughout Texas, you know what I'm saying? You have to, the music and your beliefs and everything you are has to be respected across the board, man. Your political views, everything. That's the way I believe. You know what I'm saying? So if reggaeton's having its moment, whether you like it or you don't like it, you have to sit there and take it, man. It's like, it's like boxing, take your punches, man. So if it's their turn to have their time, whether it be cumbia, whether it be mariachi, merengue, salsa, whatever it might be, it's their time, man. You know what I'm saying? And they're having their moment right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, it's here. You know, whether you like you like Biggie or you like Tupac, that's that's your preference. You know what I'm saying? So, but disrespect by the Grammys, that can't happen, man. You know what I'm saying? If the if 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 the, if the reggaeton artists are are dominating and they're number one global global a j balvin a carol g they're number one in the world not just in the u.s you can't disrespect them and just nod and just say i don't like reggaeton and i'm just not going to nominate you or i'm not going to give you an award you know what i'm saying and that disrespect has been happening not only with reggaeton but you're talking beyonce lemonade you're talking snoop dog doggy style which we can now say these are these are classics. These are these are iconic albums, and they're disrespected, man. It's an imperfect, uh, an imperfect uh, society. The Grammys are. They have a lot of flaws, and it, and you know P Diddy says it needs to be fixed. You know I feel that it's not just a it's a disrespect not only for for our our market but also just the market in general. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. disrespect disrespect it's and, and not which you basically i'm sorry because sometimes i'll just go I'll, my brain will start spinning but i agree with you that a person shouldn't be old and out of the nursing home or six feet under before you recognize them for what their musical accomplishments were and i'm not gonna lie to you i i do get frustrated you know what i'm saying it does cause frustration but at the end of the day you know I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think when I'm not here that I've left something behind, you know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. You know, and I, and I think of that because, I, I, you know, obviously I don't, I don't know your family personally, but you know, the right. that I've seen, uh, whether it be movies, documentaries, um, you know, I would assume there's a competitive spirit there because obviously, you know, it, it appears as if your father prepped you guys to be musicians. 
And right. So if you are given a ball, a basketball, and they put it in your hand from the time you're a kid, naturally you go on to be a baller, right? But when you go on right. to be a baller, whatever sport it may be, the idea is always to be the best at doing that. I feel that it's hard to go against your catalog. You've written some of the greatest records of all time. And the, I mean, you have so many hit records, not only for yourself, not only on your albums, but on others out al- on other albums as well. And I, it's hard to pick, you know, like I can't even ask you, it's like asking me which ones you can pick, <laughs> right? But some of these records that, you, that you've written that are timeless, I mean, you could speak to them better than I can. Uh, what are some of those records and, and which are, what, what are the records that, you know, really to you stand the test of time? Um, the thing is, is that I'm still trying to figure it out because we're 25 years later and Selena's still dominating the chart. She's still in the top five with the ones and she's still winning Billboard Artists of the Year. You know, you, you're outselling existing artists with songs from 25 years ago. The thing is, is that I don't understand. Uh, to be honest, if you ask me, A.B., what, what do you do? Cumbia Kings. You know what I'm saying? We're talking 20 years. This year is 20 years of existence. And the music is still, you still hear it bumping in the clubs, bumping in the bars, bumping at your family barbecues. The kids are eight years old, five years old. It's going on to generation. It just goes from, it's like an artist transports. And one of the ways they transport is through music. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the ways they can, or a piece of art or something, whether it be Van Gogh or Picasso, that's how they transport. You know what I'm saying? People go, wow, these guys were, were visionaries. One of the guys I admire is Stan Lee. I'm like a, the biggest geek, man, because you're talking Iron Man, how he connected all Spider-Man and, and the Hulk and, and just connected this universe you know, of, of characters. And then for them to have the one final, the one final battle, you know what I'm saying? So for me, if you ask me, where did Stan Lee get that or what is A.B. Quintanilla, these albums, I, I don't understand. I'm still trying to understand myself. Like, it, it's, it's, uh, it's good, but then sometimes it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Where in the sense that I have one album. If you ask me my favorite albums that I've, you're asking, one of the, you, to get to your question, you're probably going to have to do a lot of editing with this, oh, this no, interview. <laughs> the, answer your question of which are my favorite albums. I would have to say, my favorite album uh, from Selena would be Amor Prohibido. You know what I'm saying? And my favorite album from Cumbia Kings would have to be my first one, Amor Familia Respeto. And from Cumbia All-Stars, I would have to say Planeta Cumbia. And that those are those, and La Vida de Un Genio. They're, they're hard to choose from, you know what I'm saying? What about songs that you've written, though? Because you've written some pretty good, damn good, <laughs> damn good songs, you know? Um, Man, I would have to say my favorite songs to perform would have to be Amor Prohibido with Selena and with Cumbia Kings. I would have to say Fuiste Mala is always the, the anthem. You know what I'm saying? That one, that one song, it starts, it's such a melancholy song. You know, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's, a certain, it's something how you can create something sad when you're not sad. You know, you can make people, they go, damn, that's my song. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one of the, like, uh, the, the go-to karaoke songs for the, the, the Latin community. Like, as soon as you hear that song, you just grab your phone and you start singing it, man. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I, I think all of it has to do, uh, you know, going back to the days of Selena. You know, I didn't, I've, 
I've had the opportunity. We, we were actually excited that we would open up for a big Tejano group, uh, you know, like Moss and be a fan of their music. And then we would go change our outfit. We were the starting group, me and Selena, we changed and we just wanted to hit the dance floor, man. Yeah. And it, it, you know, Selena would just, I would just do the spins with her. Just, she'd do a hundred spins and I'm not, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it was good times. You know what I'm saying? And I think I took that and then, you know what I'm saying? And then if you really want to have your finger or pulse on the street, what's happening, that's where music starts is in the streets and the barrios and the hood. You have to go to the hood. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I do that often. I still do that. You know, I'm, I'm prepping for, and I'm saying this for my first time on your show, I'm prepping for my last album. This will be my last album I ever produced that's coming up. It's, it's time for AB, you know, to, uh, hang, to hang his, yeah, that's, that's it. the people, people have asked me, you know, we want this, we want an album like this, and we want an album. If you like that album, listen to that album, but respect my vision of what the future is. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to do is create future. But I'm saying for the first time here that uh, I've talked it over with my dad, who I admire his, his uh, if it weren't for him, I, we wouldn't be talking about these things because the first time I went with him uh, and I said, Dad, I showed him a billboard. I said, look, we're number one. Well, look, was number one. And he goes, and? He goes, the question is, is can you do it again? You know, that's, that's that talk, hey, man, that's that Tom Brady mentality. You know, when they asked Tom Brady, which one's your favorite ring? He says, the next one. Yeah, and I was like, shit. I was like, he has a point. And then he, and then he finishes me off by, when you pick up a Michael Jackson album or a Janet Jackson album, how many hits are on there? I'm like, crap. Man, Michael pop, at least popped over half the album as hits. You're talking six or seven, maybe eight out of ten cuts or hits off his albums. So my dad set that bar up real high for me. He popped that bubble fast. He said, number one, number one, he goes, anybody can write a novel and just write one book and never have a hit again. He goes, the question is, how many times can you do it? And I was like, he has a point. So if you go back and you look at any Selena or Cumbia King album, what's, whichever one you want to pick, it always has more than one hit. It has five, six hits off one album. Amor Familia Respecto, <laughs> first Cumbia King album. Amor, Amor, Amor Prohibido, how many hits? Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb, No Me Queda Mas, Amor Prohibido, Chico del Apartamento 512, A Tecno Cumbia, I mean, which one do you pick? I mean, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're all, they're hits, you know, but that you're right. If it would not been for him, you know, and like I said, when I made this decision to do my last album, you know, that was, I had to have Pops blessing on that. I said, what do you think, Pops? He goes, yeah. He goes, have your last fight, man. Have your last, but go out with a bang. If you're going to go out, you know, go out with a bang. And that's, that's what I'm planning to do. I've, I've, Pre-thought this year alone, the projects have also uh, have been stalled. But this year alone, I have one one new remix album with Selena that's going to be coming out. Uh, two, three, four concerts, never seen before concerts. I'm talking some major, major concerts that unfortunately there was only one line going out, so it was only one line of music. There was not multi-tracks where you could mix it. So I had to tediously go back 
and reconstruct every piece of material, the bass drums, congas, bass, guitar, everything had to be reconstructed to the T. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people never understand that. They always, they, they speak of cumbia kings. And when you think cumbia kings, you think 15 guys, 12 guys. And the fact of the matter is, is only four people recorded those albums. I programmed all the percussions, all the beats you hear, one keyboard player, two vocalists. That's it. Four people. So when they say bring back the cumbia kings, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, it's, it's like it, it, they don't realize that most of these people are now 50 years old. You know, those dance moves and all that stuff that you saw back then, they probably can't even do them no more because their back be hurting and stuff. I can't, I can't go to the retirement homes and pull all the kings out, you know. It was a good era. It was nice. You know what I'm saying? But I, I use the title, you know what I'm saying, because that's what people identify me with. But it's, it's not the same, you know, it's not the same show back then. It, you can't see 50-year-old guys doing those dance moves anymore, man, you know. You know, I think it's also because the music's so timeless, so people don't necessarily view you guys as fifty-year-old artists anymore. You know, they, they yeah, I, I think I think that's what it is. And and the thing is, is that at the end of the day, it's it's uh, all these albums and everything. I mean, it, it's been like the guys that constructed the all the Selena albums were just myself and Ricky Vela, the guy who wrote No Me Queda Mas. He also wrote Estupido Romantico for Mas. And, and, uh, yeah, he's written, he wrote a couple of big hits for Moss also. We've all written for other groups, you know what I'm saying? I've written for David Lee Garza, I've written for Intocable, you know what I'm saying? I've written for Christian Castro. I've written for every, practically every major Latin artist. And recently, uh, also worked with, uh, Becky G and, um, Nati Natasha, you know, so it's, it's crazy and it's an honor that I still get the phone call from the record label, you know what I'm saying, to do a remix or, or to figure out, you know, to get them extra airplay to get those extra points. You mentioned to me recently because we you were talking about Charles Chavez and you were talking about how I kind of remind you of a younger him and you mentioned right. getting, getting in contact and doing some stuff for Ali Brooks. So right. I, I think that you're always going to have that line of work. And I go back to what you said a little while ago about, the 25 years that, you know, since your sister passed, it's really interesting because my mom, I don't know if you know this, my mom used to own the independent record shop in Fort Worth. So right. I grew up uh, in an independent store that distributed Tex-Mex music. And, you know, we were also a video store. So we had all of EMI stuff. Every time that the Hammer Music Awards would come around, they would send my mom the goodie bags because she was one of the voters. So I was able to be up close and personal and get, you know, the autographed posters from Emilio Navarra, from uh, David Lee Garza y Los Musicales. I, we had a Selena autographed poster, matter of fact, too. And I just remember that time. And I remember around, and I, mind you, I'm young. I'm probably eight, nine, ten years old. So I was so in love with the music, though, because I just, I identified with it, right? I said there was Shelly Lattice at the time. I think there was Selena. There was a handful of other artists. And it just seems like over the years, a lot of those artists didn't last, right? And since then, I feel there's been this big void that has never been filled. And I'm not really sure why it hasn't been filled. Is it just because the bar was set extremely high? Or that, that's, a, that's the thing about it is, is uh, I expected, man, because you're talking, okay, in the R&B market. You know what I'm saying? One day uh, you, you've got, uh, oh, man, I can't even think. Like right now you've got Justin Bieber who, who dominated with this new album, man, that he put out, Yummy, and all the stuff he put out. I mean, 
he's dominating the R&B charts, man, at number one, you know? And the thing is, is that's, that's what I'm talking about, that a young Justin Bieber will come up. Somebody, and you, there's never been another Selena coming up, dog. Not, I, I look back and, I, and, I, and that's the thing about it is we, we, yes, we're competitive, but in a good way. There's, there's enough room in the market for, for more than one person. You know what I'm saying? There's enough room. Yeah. But there, there's only, what I've realized is that I look back and I say, there's, there's got to be this young kid coming up behind me. I know it. I know it. I, you know, he's, there's got to be somebody that's going to figure this formula out. You know what I'm saying? And figure out how you know, hear, hear from Texas. And, and the closest producer to an AB Quintanilla, I'm actually friends with him. He's from Venezuela. And in Venezuela, cumbia is not, it's not the dominant music for them. They're, they're into salsa and other musics, not cumbia. This kid actually went to number one with cumbia using my formulas. You know what I'm saying? He went to number one and applied it in Venezuela, which was unprecedented. It's never happened. These kid, he got a group together very, very, very similar to what Cumbia Kings. I talked to him and I said, how did you do this? He goes, I studied every interview from you. He goes, I studied every texture. I studied this. He still has missed the mark a little bit. I'm still schooling him. He's one of my composers and he's a producer friend of mine. He's only 24 years old, but that's it. I thought it would come from Texas though. You know, this is, this is our backyard. There's gotta be a kid out there somewhere wanting to, you know, wanting to produce or there's got even female wise, we're talking, there's been so many females, but only one Selena. And I guess that's just what's going to happen. That's, that's just the way history is. And talking of history, we just recently had an album that I produced for Selena. Ben Comigo was inducted into the, into the library of Congress. That's a huge deal, man. That's huge. The library of Congress, man, the Dr. Dre, that's huge. That's huge. And in a city here, you know, and, people still wanting things from me. You know what I'm saying? They still, they still want music. And like I said, I think I, I've done my tour duty already. You know what I'm saying? It, it's time for me, you know, to focus on, on myself. You know, you give so much of yourself as an artist and yeah. it's touring. It's touring. I, that to me, I want to tour, but I want to tour light. I don't want to, I don't want to be on planes. I've lost. No, I haven't lost. I've given a lot of my time to people. You know what I'm saying? In the sense that you have to think, going through airports, going to a restaurant, going wherever it might be. You're there once you go out in public, you're there for the people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where I need some, I need some me time now. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of me. And it's definitely exhausting. I think what, when I think of this, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, and I, I have the utmost respect again for your family, the catalog that you have, that you have, that your sister has, that your whole entire, the, the whole entire family is put together in terms of body and work. When right. I think Selena, I always think she's the car, you're the engine. You know what I'm saying? You're the guy that put the music together. You're the one that kind of was able to, you, you had a vision as well, and it didn't just work. It was, it was perfect. I, I, was, I was telling my wife last night, I was telling her, my wife's from Argentina, and the thing is, I was telling her last night that uh, it's incredible because I never stopped to think about it. If you think, if, I'm, I'm going to put this in your brain right now. A, a vocalist can only be great if they're given a great song to sing. Yes. If you write, you, you have to know that artist, you know, you, the, the, the person you're working with, you have to know what their range is. 
what t- what keys they sound great in, what melodies you know they're able to tackle. And the thing is, is I was given the most beautiful person to write songs for, man. Honestly, she's everything that people imagine she is. She's more than that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and the thing is, is that I told my wife, she never once told me I don't like that song. Never once, not once in the whole time that I've written, you're talking a lot of songs I wrote for her. And she never once said, I don't like that song, baby, or I don't like where it's going. You know what I'm saying? She loved everything. And I think when you hear Selena's music, you hear a lot of love in there. She puts so much passion, so much, the songs couldn't, those songs that I did for her could only go with her. They wouldn't be able to work with any, any vocalist. That, that's what I was thinking. It would only work for her. But you, you mentioned like, it's like, you know, in basketball, you have Jordan. After jo- Jordan, you had Kobe come in. And then LeBron. Right. After, we haven't had that. And this is what my theory is, right? So just keep in mind. I thought okay. the closest thing that came to Selena after Selena, right? And, and not to say that she's, you know, her legacy here was, right. was Jennifer Lewis Jets. Like Jen, it seemed like Jennifer had, Jennifer thing. I had a lot of high expectations. If I'm not mistaken, your dad was actually involved with that. Project. Right. Yeah. I, I even produced an album for her. Yeah. I think once that kind of got removed, it just like it fell apart. Maybe it's just that the, the expectation level. Some people can handle it. Other people can't. Maybe it was whatever it may or may have not been. That's, that's who I thought had the potential to kind of come in. It seemed like all the tools were in place for it to go there and it didn't. Then I also look at, our community, our people, the Mexican American community. Once we embrace someone, it's an artist that we we put our arm around, and that's ours. It's mm-hmm. it's very very hard to replace that person, and in, in their in their mind, and you're never going to replace them. But we're so passionate. Think about it. It's 2020. And we're still talking about Julio Cesar Chavez in boxing. It's like you could see Canelo Alvarez knocking everybody out. But he's not Thomas, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, that being said, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said before, you know, I would, I would think to by now, 25 years later, but I think it's going to be 40 years later when we're not here anymore, you know what I'm saying, that it, she's, she's going to be the bar. That's just, it's just that, you, it's like that Michael Jackson. There's, there's only going to be one Mike, Michael Jackson, one Michael Jordan. And one Julio Cesar Chavez, I agree with you, man. You can have, and, and not taking anything away from Canelo or, or this, there's a new cat coming up, uh, King Ryan G. Yeah. Uh, now, these are, these are new cats with talents but in their own right, but you have to be that history. You have to make that history, you know what I'm saying? And, and that once you're in the eyes of your public, and the thing, the thing is, is that Selena, like you said, uh, Mexican, Mexican-American that we embraced, the thing is, is that Selena, Selena is, yes, she's Mexican-American, but she's also Puerto Rican. She's Cuban. She's Dominican. She's Colombian. She's Venezuelan. She's Argentinian. She's everywhere. So she's, she's embraced by all cultures, which the introduction to all those cultures is the music. You fall in love with the music. You hear it on the radio. And then you look the artist up and you go, man, I love the music and I love the artist. You know what I'm saying? And that's an incredible feat within itself. And I think, you know, <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, you can't, people knock, oh, she can't sing, blah, blah, blah. Except, hey, she sold 70 million albums, man. She's you know what I'm saying? She's it, 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 you know, the thing is, is that I went recently to go support her. Now, you would think, oh, it's A.B. and Suzette. 
they're going to get tickets. Nah, we, we actually went with friends and we bought a, we got a, a private booth. We got a booth, bought food, bought drinks, bought, we paid for all our stuff, man, because that's what you call supporting, supporting your artists. You know what? If you, if you, it's like you and I have worked, we work together and you know, it's one of those things to where you have to have a limit on the amount. If your friends are your friends, they're going to be looking for a handout, man. They'll come to the front door and pay because they know they're good. That's how you're eating. You know what I'm saying? And they got to respect that. And you and you and I, we've done some shows to where, Hey, you know, this is the way it is. We, you, you brought me to some prestigious venues. And the thing is, and I appreciate you for that. And the thing is, is that that being said, there has to be a limit on things. As a matter of fact, you know, after leaving your, your event, we clamped down on that. And I started finding out who the true supporters were and who weren't, you know, after that, get in the free back door thing happened. It wasn't happening no more. They didn't show up to the concerts no more. Well, you know, I think about it too, because and, and we go back to that, you know, I, I, I wanted to do an event with you that was in a prestige venue because I feel like we have to treat our artists a certain way for, it's just kind of like you walk, talk, look and hang with the duck. You know, you're not a mongoose, you're a duck, right? So if you right. treat them with prestige, people are going to perceive it as prestige. Now, I'll segue that into talking about your songwriting ability, and I talk about your music mind. And what I don't think people understand, and what I mean by that is, we, you were talking a little while ago about when you would write songs for your sister, and when you would write these songs, you would present it to her. She never disputed or debated with you. She knew that she trusted your vision. She trusted you, who you were as a songwriter and who you were as an artist. I feel that a lot of times with newer artists that come in, right, they become really argumentative and they don't quite understand the vision, right? Because I've worked with artists as well that, you know, I'll step in, I'll, I'll, I'll lend my ear as a producer, I'll lend my ear as a, as a writer, and I'm like, hey, I think this subject matter can work for you. Hey, I think this type of track can work for you. And you get this new generation, and maybe it's not just new generation, I think it's artists in general, right? Because they have their own egos, they think they know everything, they think they have a vision, for who they are. And me and you were having a conversation because you had sent me this record. You're like, uh, hey man, check out this record. There was an artist that I had showed you and you said, I think that this might fit that artist vocally. They might not see it right now. Right. Now they might not see it, but once it, 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 it it's all the way produced, they'll see it. Some people don't have that vision to see it. And I, and I go back to a video that I saw on YouTube. It was an Atlantic Records A&R talking about whenever he was working on the Santana album. And he said he brought Santana the song Smooth. He said he laid out the whole entire song, bought the record off of the writer. And he said, man, I was convinced this was a smash hit. And then he presents it to Santana and he hated the record because he just didn't, he couldn't envision the final product. Right. And I always tell people, man, you got to not look at things in current form. You have to look at things you know, and where they're at now and what it could become. I feel you have that vision. So I just had to let you know that because I don't know if people really understand that that's a gift. You know what I'm saying? That's a gift where sometimes we'll see a talent in current form. And the problem with today's music industry, in my opinion, is that everybody wants the, the, the plug and play. They want that ready to go. They want that, oh, they already have a social media presence. They already have this. So it'll be easy to just get the situation to go rather than, hey, this is an artist that if we put the right writers behind them, we put the right production behind them, we put the right team behind it, and we give it the adequate attention that it deserves, this can go, this can go far. And you hear stories like that, but I don't know that people understand that, or maybe it's a lost art now, but I feel you possess that. No, no, the thing is, is that you, 
recently I, I wrote this song and in my heart, I believe that it has a potential to be a hit. Now it's been presented to the president of Atlantic records talking about Atlantic. And he says, it's a global hit, but then I'm having problems with the person that I'm trying to get it through because they want me to turn it into a reggaeton song. Now me being a producer, I have to think, look out for this artist and say, where's reggaeton going to be next year? Is it going to be here? I have to go to the tapes and start measuring where the reggaeton artists are. They slipping. You know what I'm saying? Are they slipping from the positions that they're at? And yes, like anything else, people, they start looking for other flavors, other, whether it be Tones and I, whether it be Billie Eilish, you know what I'm saying? They're looking for something different. You know what I'm saying? The taste, the palate's not the same. Every six months, the music market shifts. It shifts. And the thing is, is, you know, with that being said, I'm in disagreement. So the song I have, it's sitting here. And I know, and I feel it in my bones that somebody's going to produce and they're going to produce something similar to it because this has happened to me before. I had a merengue group called Boricua Soul, S-O-U-L, Boricua Soul. And I produced a merengue album for them. And I basically took like a stupid romantico, some of my hits, you know, from songs that haven't been heard in Puerto Rico, just here, maybe Mexico, Central America, but not in Puerto Rico. So I went to, to Puerto Rico, uh, to San Juan, and I got the best musicians that played merengue off the, from the island, put the album together, presented it to the label, and nobody wanted to sign these cats. There were two cats that came out of a prestigious top group uh, from merengue. They were the tops, the, the two lead singers. They left the group, and I had the honors of making friends with them and signing them. And so I took the project, and everybody said it was, it, the sound was too different. It was too, you know, they, that it was too futuristic. And you know what? I was eight years ahead of time because eight years later, Olga Tanyon took out an album similar to what I was already doing that using keyboard, everything that I implemented in that, in that merengue, she done eight years later. Same thing happened to me with uh, Planeta Cumbia. I took it to the label and they all said, this is a Vanguard album. And that's what the music is. It's called that. The word Vanguard is when you create something that's ahead of its time. You know what I'm saying? And when you talk about things like that, you, you're talking about Tesla. You're talking about yeah. endless energy. You, you get into a whole new universe. And yeah, you, you, one of the things that people don't realize is that there's a lot of math and science behind music. It's just not, and even a BPM. I know you've probably uh, investigated BPMs. Where, what's, what, what beats per minute do you put a song at? You know, I know all my BPMs, Como La Flor, 91, Amor Prohibido, 91, Azuquita, 101, Fuiste Mala, 83. You know what I'm saying? I know my numbers because I offset numbers. Offset numbers, your heart goes at a certain rate. And when you present it with an offbeat, it creates excitement. And a lot of people, EDM music, electronic dance, house music, that's, that it creates disruption. Music is a disruption. It's disruption. Anything you cause that creates a disruption. And it's, it's, it's an endless universe. So, uh, music is endless. That's so perfect that you say that because I feel like in order for artists and musicians and people in general to come in and revolutionize, they have to be a little disruptive, right? Because it has to be something that people aren't accustomed to, that therefore it's new. 
And when I talk about the ability to forecast, the, the ability to know what's next, the ability to, to, to say, hey, you know what? We, you guys might not be on this right now, but it's going to be the thing that's in. I feel you possess that. We talk about your catalog. We talk about the records you've produced. We talk about not only that, but artists that, you know, that have come out of the, 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 the Quintanilla system, per se, right? That system of musicians that you've created over the years. I mean, endless artists, you know. I mean, if you, if you, if you think about it, when my, my, my first vocalist got out of the group, he wanted to go solo. Fine. You know, I, I got no problem with that. I got no qualms or beef with anybody that wants to be their own entrepreneur. You, you have that right. But when you get out of a group like Kumbia Kings, okay, you have to think first, I'm going to have to find a producer. You're going to have to go through me. <laughs> so who are you, you're going to go out there, and the best thing you can do is go out of the group and do a cover song? To go against up all your big hits you had with me, that's the best you can do. And then I replace you with a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he takes my group to more sales globally and internationally than you ever did. So the thing is, is that, you know, it's like going against Walmart. You're an employee at Walmart and you go, you know what? I'm going to build something just like that. No, you're not. <laughs> Walmart's on lockdown, dog. It's, it's a system. It's a system. People are accustomed to that brand, that taste, that flavor. And that's the thing about it is I, I often look at myself as making, that, as making that blue cumbia. And that blue, I compare it to, to uh, cause I'm a big fan of, of uh, Breaking Bad. You know, in Breaking Bad, Heisenberg make that blue. You know what I'm saying? He's the only one in the whole world that could do that. Jesse Pinkman could do it also, but not as good as Heis you know, Heisenberg could do it. You know? And that's, that's the thing about it. If, you, if you're going to come come to this school and come here, you know what I'm saying? And you can go do your own thing. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot you got to think about here. You come here, all you got to do is just show up to work and get paid. That's it. You know, but yeah. don't go against Walmart. You know, that's the thing about it. I think people get in love with the process. I mean, they get in love with the end result. They, they think the end result, but they don't, they don't understand the process to get to the end result. So I think it takes time. But, you know, one of the things I did want to ask you was, I mean, when you talk about talent, right? Because, you know, you, you've brought in a lot of artists. You mentioned whenever you brought in the second coming of fucking Ricky Martin with the 14-year-old kid. I swear, that kid was about to be the next Ricky Martin. You know, like... Uh, he, he, had the, he had, and speak, speaking of that, um, my wife was going, she, she's a, a music, she loves music a lot. And, and she has a, a really, for her age... Uh, she's more young, way younger than me, but she has a just a wide range of. Uh, she likes the same musics I like, but the other just one month ago, talking of that person, the fourteen-year-old kid, he's still trying, man. He's still trying, but he's released single after single. He's probably released ten singles since he's been out of my camp, and he's never been able to retain that number one spot or even get in the top hundred. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that I'm just a phone call away. You know what I'm saying? I, I, with me, you want to do business. I, the way I look at business, you don't have to like the person you do business with. You know what I'm saying? It's business. It's what you learn. True or not true. And this music business, you, you have to work with people, unfortunately. Uh, you, you and I, we get along great. But yeah. I'm not going to say I get along great with every promoter. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't give them some of the promoters I don't even know. I just know their names. Yeah. But they don't come in my tour bus. They don't come on. You know what I'm saying? I don't know them like that. But some, I do. California, a lot of love out there. 
and love for you. A lot of uh, certain promoters, not saying that I'm stuck up or I'm not available, yeah, but, but it's, it's just that, it's just that way. You know, Vince McMahon actually was the one that taught me that, you know, not, I don't know Vince McMahon, but just studying him was can't take nothing personal business is business. And if it makes sense for business, you, you, you do it now. Right. We talk about talent because that's kind of where it's at. You know, I've identified talent over the years where I'm like, man, these guys have what it takes talent wise, but their attitudes fucked up or their personal life is in an order. And I run across that more times than not. I've actually been told more times than not that, you know, hey, man, you should get into management. And every time I look at artists that I size up to potentially get, you know, involved with, I'm like, I find something wrong with the talent. And it's not because I'm trying to, it's because I have an expectation level, you know, and my expectation level is if, if you're going to say you're going to do this, you have to really want it. You, you have to be willing to sacrifice certain things. And I think maybe what it is is that you've brought a lot of people into your system that, to be quite honest with you, you they hadn't made walking into your situation. They, they didn't really pay their dues that, that you had to pay or that your family had to pay to get to the point to where they could walk in and have that type of success. Because on, on, on the surface, me and you could find a great singer on every fucking corner of the block. Right. And I'm not saying that to take anything away from the artists that you've worked with, but that's what makes people like yourself important. People like myself, I hate to say that because it sounds right. condescending. I mean, not condescending. It sounds like I'm being all about myself, but like it makes us important because what, what it is is that the talent rotates, you know, and, 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 you know, every so often you'll have a generational talent like Selena, a generational talent like yourself where that void is hard to fill. But for the most part, talent rotates. If the label runs their course with an artist, what do they do? They get another artist and another artist and another artist. And eventually, they're going to get it, right? But more times than not, they, they find someone to come in and, and, and keep the ball rolling, right? So the people that are behind the artist are really the ones that are, in the bigger picture, more important. But, you know, the talent is very important. Make no mistake about it. But they have to understand that there's more to it than just the talent. And people always say, well, it's not about the the music business isn't just about the music. It's also about the business. You're right. But it's also about the artist and, and their attitude as a person. And do they want it? Do they not want it? And I think what, what you I'm sure you've encountered is that most really don't. And that's why you don't want to put your name on it. You know, no, no, no I agree with you. Uh, most artists don't, uh, you know, they, I, they, they fall short or, or they, you, the thing is, it's like, it's, it's not just artistry. And just being an artist, uh, it's just not recording a song. It's stage. It's stage presence. It's it's uh it's not choking the mic. You're not pulling back from the mic when you're singing, taking the right breaths at the right time. There's more to it. You know what I'm saying? I I, I deal with it to where sometimes I have great vocalists, but they got no stage presence. They're dead on the stage. Do they? They don't connect. Well, I'm I'm constantly having to pick the ball up. You know what I'm saying? And and the thing is, is that when you're talking as an artist, like when I go to my concerts and when I speak, people aren't talking, they're listening. And that's the way it, you have to, it's a respect, you know what I'm saying? And, but I agree with you that not all, you have to really want it. You know what I'm saying? Selena wanted that. Absolutely. We, 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 made, we made history. I wrote this on my, on my page yesterday because yesterday complete was a, uh, or they call it the 25th anniversary. I don't call it a 25. I call it, 
you know, another day living without my baby sister. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, is that uh, that wasn't the way history was supposed to end, unfortunately, you know, the way things happen. But that being said, did she want it? Yeah. Did I want it? Yeah. You have to you have to want this more than anything. You have you have to fight. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is something you probably heard before or maybe you're going to hear for the first time. But the hardest part isn't getting to the top of the mountain, man. The hardest part is maintaining yourself at the top of the mountain. You, you know, know what I'm saying? And if you're going to slide, if you climb up that mountain fast, how are you going to go down that mountain fast? You climb up slow, you go down slow when it's time for you to go down. Well, you know, and you hear stories like, people like Kobe Bryant who were obsessed with being the best and they were right. in the gym all day, every day. I think that that's the type of stuff that I'm referring to as well, because yes. you talk about, man, these guys, they might not have the best stage presence. They might lack this intangible, that intangible. I'm looking at it like, bro, some of them don't even have the goddamn common courtesy to show up on time to a rehearsal, to a practice. No, let, me, let, me, let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm the thing is, I'm, I'm working with this group. I'm helping this group. And as a matter of fact, they're out of, they're out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the, the, group, the name of the group are the, the Boys of Cumbia. Oh, they're Boys from of Cumbia. They're yeah, from they're from, from, from uh, yeah. And so the thing is, is uh, and they got, they got an amazing album coming out, and they're following my formulas. I told them what, what to do, branding their logo, ta taking care of little things that I saw wrong with the group and adding certain elements. Okay. That being said, uh, I helped them out to, you know, cause I constantly get people saying, I want to be a singer. I want to be a dancer. I want to be this, give me a chance. So I got this one cat out of uh, out of the Valley. He was Mr. Quintanilla, a uh, young cat, 21. I want this more than life itself. I want this. I said, you really want this? Are you ready to work for this? Yes, I'm ready to work for this. I said, okay, I got this group. I'm a, I don't have no, I don't want to have no use for a dancer singer over here. Cause I already got plenty of singers. I, but I know of a group that needs them. So I send them over there. Now, these cats, they're not starting out in a 16-passenger van. They've got a tour bus already. You know what I'm saying now? The thing is, is that like, uh, like us with Bertha, Bertha at first, our, our bus was gutted out. And we just had a carpet on the floor. You take a sleeping bag and you take a pillow. But you're extending your legs, man. You drive for 24 hours down to Florida from Texas in a 16-passenger van? You, you you wake up all busted up, man. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a far a far drive, 24 hours in a van. But you're in a bus. So this kid goes, and he goes one weekend, and he doesn't want to get off the bus. The guys pay for their food. Mm. He pays for they pay for the dinners for the group. This cat didn't want to get off the bus, so they kind of that threw a red flag. So they said, "What do we do, baby?" Well, I said, "Well, maybe he's nervous, or maybe he feels uncomfortable. You try to see what's wrong with him." You know, okay. By the second gig, he quit. Yeah, that I mean, that, that whole and I, and I, the thing is, is I'm not going to call him and waste my time and say I thought you wanted this more than life itself. You had a tour bus, you had a band, you had everything, you had friends. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't willing to do the time. You got to do your time, man. Yeah, like I said, everybody wants to just be famous, and you know what? I hear stories like that often and I've unfortunately experienced some of those situations myself where I, I'll come in and I'll, and I'll put my, my arm around whoever it may be or put some promotional muscle and then they just don't really want it and, and the fucked up thing is they'll give you their pitch like hey I want it but they don't really go after it but let me switch gears here for a second 
uh, I wanted to talk about Netflix. You guys have a, a special that's coming up. Not a special, it's actually a show, right? Actually, it's a it's series. It's a whole series, right? And so what can people expect to be different from this to the movie that, that was out in 1997? The, the truth? Yeah. The real, the real, the real... The real way it was, it, it, uh, the, the Selena movie was great. It's entertaining. It's awesome. Uh, the hospital scene on the original movie, we didn't approve that. The family was against that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We didn't do that. We only have so much control over things. They have, they, when they're investing their money and they're investing millions into something, they have ultimately the say-so, like a record label. You can come in with an album. They say, no, it ain't coming out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So they, they, you know, so the thing is, is that with that being said, this movie, this series, this is going back way back in time. It's going back in time, and it's it's going. I'm talking to where I slept slept on the on the floor for a year, um, within a space of not even maybe three feet. One, I slept. It was one bed, one bedroom. It was uh, my dad, my mom. And then Selena would sleep on the other side of my mom. I would sleep on the side where my dad was on the floor in that little space in between the beds. And then Suzette would sleep on the other side in between the space in the beds, you know? And the thing about it is those living with 13 people. Shit. And with one, one bathroom, 13 people, one bathroom, you know what I'm saying? So, and it was a very small house. And the thing is, is that, there was a lot of hard knocks. It wasn't like in the Selena movie, it was like, hey, we're number one. It didn't happen like that. I didn't, you, you know, it, that, that's, that's not reality. You know what I'm saying? We were taking baths. My mom called them bird baths because we would literally, we had no money for a hotel. So we'd be in, in the dance halls and I know you've experienced this because you've, you've done a lot of events and you've been around music. You know, during the day, the promoter ain't going to turn the air conditioning on. Yeah. Not while you have the back door open and you're loading up. They want the bar to, to hit their number. They want people drinking all night because it's hot. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just that. They do turn it on just a little bit at night. But during the day, they don't turn it on at all. Oh, yeah, so true. when you open that door, it smells like old beer, smoke, like, uh, you know, people have been smoking. It, it just, it just, does, you know, the smell, it just smell. It just, it's yeah. So the thing is, is I don't have a problem with that. So we don't, we get in, we're sweating all day trying to figure out some broke-ass equipment because our shit don't work. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to figure out why an amplifier blew and we, how are we going to get through the night because we ain't got no low end. We blew a couple of speakers. We blew a high end. We blew something. Something was always going wrong. Something was wrong with the trailer. Something was wrong with this. Something was always, it was not easy. And the thing is, is that when it came time, we'd have to take a bath in the, in the restroom, in a sink. You try to just just clean your underarms or, or put water on yourself and get a towel and just get some soap and just clean yourself off to the best you can and some fresh deodorant and put on some cologne and then play three hours. Three. Not a 90-minute show like you do now. It was three hours. And you only had one break. It was one hour and a half and then one hour and a half again. You know what I'm saying? And then if you didn't, you, and if you didn't have a bus, where did you go to wait? In your van. You're waiting in your van in between breaks outside in the back of some hall lost somewhere. Yeah, I don't think people understand how gigs really looked back in the day. You know, my uncles were had a band, and I've seen a lot of photos and just being around music my whole life. I'm like, 
over here in Fort Worth, there used to be a spot called Guys and Dolls. There's like, <laughs> dude, I performed at Guys and Dolls. Yeah. I, Guys and Dolls. As a matter of fact, I went by uh, just for old school. There used to be a place called Gomez Palladium there in, in Grand Prairie. There was also the High Ho. I know you heard of the High Ho there in Grand Prairie. I went by the High Ho. The High Ho ain't the High Ho no more. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It, it, things have changed. You know what I'm saying? But I leave a lot of memories there. You know what I'm saying? Where, where I even went back to the Gomez Palladium. I don't know if you had ever been there. It was in, right on the other side of the High Ho. There was a strip mall of, of bars and just different, different uh, businesses and stuff. And we would perform there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the thing is, I went back there maybe about uh, nine years ago. I went back there. And what I thought used to be, like that place used to be big to me. The stage was big. I yeah, went back and I was like, know. man, it's, it's, it's small in here. It's little. I, I used to think when we had this place packed that we, we were conquering the world, man. No, we weren't, man. That that was two hundred. That was two hundred people. You know what I'm saying? Little did I know. Go, man. You know. <laughs> no, the thing is, is that people that are watching this video, they can go. Of course, you can go to to the and see the Astrodome and see sixty something thousand people. And we shattered records three times with Selena. And I shattered two. I don't know if people knew this or not, but I went back and I shattered two records with the Cumbia Kings. We, sh we held, at one time, the Quintanillas, we held all five top spots in record attendance. Selena held the top three, and I held uh, two. So it was all Selena in the top three, and it was me on the last two. So we held all five records at one point, but they got broken, obviously, again, by other artists. But the thing is, is that, that being said, you know, I never in my wildest dreams thought that, that 200, I thought that 200 people was a lot. And... It wasn't a lot at that time. It was a lot, you know. Well, you know, and the the, the thing is, the beauty of hopefully that the Netflix uh, series shows is that that two hundred is what laid the groundwork to get to the sixty eight thousand. You know what I mean? Because you're right. I mean, you could you have to condense in a movie, so it's not like you're going to be able to tell the full story now that you have a a series. Episode, like you have series. When you have series, you're able to go. Uh, you know, you're you're able to. Uh, going a little into more in depth, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that when people, I, it's funny because the fans are, Selena fans are, I, I love them, but some of them, they're just out of control. You know what I'm saying? They're just over, you know, Selena wouldn't have done that. Selena would have done, Selena did, or, or I'll put, I, I love this artist. Oh, they're not better than Selena. I didn't say that. I just, I like this artist and, and you well, know. That, that goes back to what I was telling you earlier about the Mexican-American. And maybe yeah. just Mexican-American, but people that have grown yeah. attached to the artist, it's like, there's nothing you could tell them. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm putting a taco away, and they're like, Selena would have never went to taco. Yeah, she would have never ate those tacos. And, th and that's the thing about it is the people that are saying that, you're just going off of videos. You're going off of videos and a movie and things, you know, and your emotions. You're not going on hey, I knew her personally and, and I know for a fact, yeah, she would do this or she wouldn't do that. And I think that this series, that's what it's really going to touch on in the sense that it's uh, in, in the, the movie itself focused a lot into Selena's love life yeah. versus, and that, that, that person was only there the last two years of our existence. We existed way before that. You're talking Selena started singing at six years of age. So you're talking from six to, to 22, 23, you know, there's a lot of years that were just skipped. They just, it went from, okay, you're little singing at a restaurant. Now you're bigger singing at a fair. Now you have a number one hit in the movie. 
It didn't happen like that. You know what I'm saying? We, I hope we, we all wish that it would have, right? Like, if it was that easy. <laughs> if it was that easy, we would all be doing it. It's not, if, if everybody could be, if anybody could be an A.B. Quintanilla or be a Selena Quintanilla, I mean, they'd be, they'd be here already. You know what I'm saying? You've had enough years. You had 25 years since those albums dropped and then 20 years since I dropped those Kumbia King albums, dude. You know, and the thing is, is there's been plenty of time to do your homework, plenty of time, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is, just like you said, you know, and I'm not patting myself on, the own, on my own back or anything like that because, you know, you know me, I'm not like that. But the, the thing is, is that I, I've, I've wished for, for Rasa, for us, for our Rasa, I wish and I pray that somebody gets ahead, that there be another A.B. Quintanilla, there be another Selena. I, that's my, my wishes. I don't want to leave here knowing, damn, I'm, I'm leaving with the, the, the secret chili sauce, you know what I'm saying? I'm leaving with that secret ingredient, and I got nobody, I got, and that's what with my children, you know, they're most musically inclined, but... They live with their moms, you know, and their respectable others, whoever they're with, and they're different. They're not living under my roof where I can tutor them and school them and, and show them, you know, their, their talents that they have. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that uh, I do have one of my sons. He's he, uh, my, my oldest. He's an in incredible chef. He's a sushi chef. He's, a, he's one of these. Yeah. He's a chef, but he's a, an amazing producer also. You know what I'm saying? And I pray that, you know, that he, he does, you know, uh, he does blossom. It looks like he's going to blossom. He's been playing, uh, he's a DJ also. He's been playing all these EDM big shows uh, for 50,000 people in Mexico city. You know, so the thing is, is that, you know, I, he has one of my bases. I pray that, you know, my kids, somebody follows in my footsteps. The, the Quintanilla brand at this we if you really think about it, even though I have my children, you know, they're all growing up in different households with different beliefs. You know what I'm saying? You're, unless you have them under your roof, you know what I'm saying? 24 hours a day, you can't really guide them. You know what I'm saying? So, and my kids are great. They're straight A students. They're, they're honor roll uh, football captains of football teams. They're leaders. You know what I'm saying? But where, where the Quintanilla brand will go or the name, who knows? I don't, I don't, to me, whether it be my children or somebody else's kids or somebody, another Quintanilla family out there, whether it be a Garcia family, whoever, as long as the dream continues, that's what's most important to me is a dream that somebody dreamed that we, that, that we, we inspire for people to dream that the impossible is possible. It is possible, man. You know, it is. Are you going to get it easy? Nah, you got to put in your time, man. And it's at time is something that is a luxury for us. It's not because we, we only have a certain limited amount of time on earth. So make sure whatever time you look, look at this virus we got. It don't matter if you're broke or you're rich right now. You ain't going nowhere. You're yeah. in lockdown. You're incarcerated right now. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll say this, you know, I got a few more questions and we'll wrap up, but I'll say that in terms of the series, my hope and my aspiration with the series that I hope to get out of it as a fan and as someone that has kept up with, with the legacy is that this really showcases and displays the layers of what made not only Selena, but what also made you guys, you know, what, what added onto your DNA, because there may be certain things that, you know, like you said, the movie may have not showed or that you guys may have not shared yet. You know, there's probably, you know, maybe an argument, maybe a fight, maybe a disagreement. Yeah, no, there, I mean, that the thing is, is that I think, you know, that this, this series is, it's, it's beautiful. 
it's beautiful in the sense that it's it's another step for Mexicanos, for us as Mexican Americans. It's it's another step in a positive direction. It's it's being labeled the biggest the biggest series to ever hit Netflix, and you know. Yeah, I don't have to tell you, my brother. I ain't got to preach to you or anybody watching this interview. You know when Selena drops something. It's a wrap. You know I'm saying? She, it's she, a wrap. She dropped so it at 7-Eleven and it just so shut so up. So if I'm, telling you, if I'm telling you I spent all last year prepping for Selena projects, when they hit your palate, you know what I'm saying? You, it's it's going to be delectable. It's going to be great. It's it, in the sense that, you know, it's this album, it's the first collab where the original team, almost the, all the original team was there. Suzette was on board with me. I was on board. Dad, we all, we all work together on this, on this album. It's all blessed by the family in the sense that we haven't done a project together, you know what I'm saying, in years to where we actually got on board. So on this, this, this album, I'm very proud of it. It's, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's going to be on a major label. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the concerts that are coming out are amazing. This year, when things get kicking back again, and the Netflix series when it comes out, I think that you'll be very happy with it because I'm learning a lot of things for the first time. Things my dad never told me about himself. Like, I'm going, I'm like, wow. I know you could do that, right? <laughs> like, no, yeah. that makes sense. That's why I am the way that I am, you know? No, no, no. And the thing is, is that the other day, you know, we're talking and my, we and my dad, we shared something that we never shared before. We shared dreaming of Selena, what our dreams were like, because I have people ask me that sometimes, you know, do you dream of her? And I have the same dream. Every time I dream of her, I have the same dream. It's the same dream. I'm not going to tell what that dream is because that's, that's content within some of these projects that are coming out. But the dream that I had was connected to my dad's dream. Him and I were almost like in the same, you know what I'm saying? The same predicaments or the, the same things that Selena came to us in dreams. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was crazy because my dad heard me talking about it when I was interviewing for a project. And he was like, he shared me his. You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're, we're learning things about it. Even Suzette. I mean, Suzette's a savvy business person. Suzette is the responsible person. It's not easy to get Selena's t-shirts in the hot topic. Spencer's Forever 21. You don't just walk up to these big companies and go, hey, put my sister's t-shirt in there yeah. or, put this, or put this design in there. This is going to work. It has to be genius. You have to know. Or, or Mac, Mac makeup. You're talking Mac makeup. It yeah. sold out the first time. Then it came about the second time. And now it's coming around the third time. So the thing is, is what did Suzette do this time? And when I saw the makeup, the new stuff she's got, I went, just when you thought Suzette didn't have something under, you know, tucked up under her sleeve, homegirl, who was just a drummer at one point, she was just a drummer in the group. You know what I'm saying? Now you're talking, she's the person that takes care of me. You know what I'm saying? Now, now she's, the, she's, my, I, she's my younger sister. But I look at her like an older sister in the sense that she does anything to protect me, to help me with whatever it might be. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's pressing up some T-shirt for the Kangs, as I call them, <laughs> you know, pressing up T-shirts for me, whatever it might be. She's there for me. Not only that, but as a sister, she lives 30 seconds away from my house. 
we ha- our houses are right next to each other. My dad only lives three minutes away from me. We still together. We, 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 we're still, there was a point where we, we were divided and not by love, but by everybody dealt with this Selena's passing in a different way. I ran for years with the Kings. That's, that was my outlet. I had to face it. I had to come to Corpus Christi. I would just come every once in a while. And it was sad for me. You know what I'm saying? For years and years and years, I ran and ran until in the 15th year, I crashed. I crashed. That was it. I said, you know what? I can't run no more, man. I'm going to have to talk to somebody. I talked to somebody, a psychologist, and, you know, worked it out. And I said, okay, I got to start tackling life. I got I to put my, I can't be rock starring anymore and running, you know, from, from things. I got to face things. And so once I settled in, you know what I'm saying? I reconnected with my family again. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's been good. My love life is, is perfect. You know what I'm saying? I've been through some, some, some yeah. terrible times. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to go into that angle, but I, I'm blessed that I have a, a beautiful wife that, you know what I'm saying? That um, cares for me tremendously and understands, you know, me as a person. I'm not the easiest person in the world to understand because I have my little quirks, you know what I'm saying? My little glitches. But that being said, you know, the key thing is I think what you're going to get out of the series is the family dream, man. And that's going to be beautiful because it's going to inspire people to dream, you know, but don't try to be another Selena. That's a message that I, I give to any female singer. Be your own person. If you want to sing, like a lot of artists, have you seen that? I know you've been seeing that. Bruno Mars sings Selena. Everybody sings Selena. Everybody. That's cool. But Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars already. But if you're going to be a female singer, don't put the outfit on. Don't, don't sing the songs because, you, like you said, it's just unreal, it's like an unrealistic expectation at this point. It is. You can't, you can't do it. I, I did want to ask, though, before we get off the subject of the Netflix thing and we start, you know, winding down, did you guys have, a, like you yourself, your sister, did you guys have a hand in casting the, the actors and the actors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they told me, this guy's available. What do you think? I said, okay, yeah. His name's Gabriel Chavaria. He he. Yeah, I know one of his, uh, some of his roles have been like a Planet of the Apes. Now, when I said that, there's a good friend of mine who used to be the president of Univision, and I was with him out. He runs the, the number one station out in California, uh, in Los Angeles. And, and I said, yeah, you know, uh, the guy that's playing me, he, he's he starred in Planet of the Apes. He said, and then my friend said, which one of the gorillas was, was he? <laughs> so I kind of left myself open for that. But yeah. the thing is, is yeah, we, we did have, now, as far as the female playing Selena, when they first approached with it, I was like, oh, my God, I just, I just don't know. Because now we got J-Lo. Yeah. Now your, head, your yeah. head's breaking. You that expectation up. Yeah, yeah. That, J-Lo, J-Lo, I mean, people complained about that, too. I remember oh, she's, that. She's yeah. not Mexican. She's, she's Puerto Rican. How can a Puerto Rican play him? It's, you know, and now with his Netflix thing, all the fans, oh my God, not all the fans, just some of them. One, check this out. And I'll make, I want you to make sure you put this on this interview. Don't, don't, don't edit this part out. This is how some of the fans are, some of them, that they, they don't think right in their head. I got them, and they wrote me in Spanish. They said, we are very upset with you. We do not like who is going to play Selena, and we want you to stop the Netflix series now. <laughs> and so I said, I said, I wrote him back in Spanish. I said, of course, I will do that immediately. First, I need to know how many of y'all, I said, are, 
are, are petitioning for this person to be changed. She wrote back two people. <laughs> she goes, it's me and another girl. I said, you know what? I'll make sure and get your message to Netflix and that they stop this very important project just for you two people. <laughs> but that's the mentality of some of these people. They think, you know, you can't ever please them. You know what I'm saying? But I've already seen clips. I, I, to me, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I've never, you're, you, you get these amazing get interviews. I'll give the juice right now. I'm giving you the juice, man. I'm not going to lie to you. My dad, he got the email stating what day the Netflix series, the teaser was going to come out. And he forgot to tell me and Suzette. Oh, man. He forgot to tell us. And it wasn't about, he just, he said, it, it slipped my mind. I'm sorry, kids. You know, he might've got it on a Friday and didn't tell us. And it happened over, I don't know when they, and when it came out, I was like, I wasn't prepared for it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I cried that day. I cried. I wasn't emotionally, I wasn't ready for this. You know what I'm saying? I, I know it's going to happen, but emotionally, you have to be prepared for these things, you know? And so when people were passing around the internet and they, they said, check this out, and I opened it up, and the just old feeling just came back, man. That, that, that scar just ripped open again, and missing her came back hard. And then it just like put a knot in my throat. I cried later that day, and, and I called Suzette. And Suzette felt the same way. She goes, I'm not ready for this. Suzette told me, I'm not ready for this. I'm never ready for anything. And I'm not either. Like the Selena, the Selena 25th anniversary in the Alamo Dome, I'm happy. And I'm putting detail into every little thing that's happening. But at the same time, it's like, it's melancholy. It's bittersweet in the sense that, you know what I'm saying? I know I got my mom's going to be sitting there. My dad's going to be sitting there. And I want to represent the family because I'm the only family member in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? And so people's expectations of what A.B. Quintanilla's show is supposed to be has to be the show of the night. It has to be. And my, com my competition, not my competition, but the other groups that are playing, they're monsters in their own rights. You know what I'm saying? And I, so you're talking, you know, I have to really put detail into what I'm creating, but the point is, is we're never ready. If you think we're ready, we're not. I'm not ready. I don't know how I'm going to react that night if I'm going to cry the night before, you know what I'm saying? And then hit the stage and wipe the tears. I don't know. A, a lot of things people don't know. Um, I used to cry on stage with Selena. She didn't know. I would get so emotional on stage that I would turn around and cry. Yeah. People thought I was just turning around. I'd turn around and the tears would come down and I would just wipe them off and then just let, you know, it was that, that emotional, that it's like when Jennifer Lopez, we performed with her at the Billboard Awards. You know, a lot of people don't know, but Jennifer paid for everything. She paid for our tickets. She paid for our hotel. She paid for our food. She paid for everything. Because Billboard, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't see it. She did. Well, you know, I, did. I think to piggyback on that is like the expectation on performing that night in specific is that you have to be better than great. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to being there and going there. So, you know, I'll make sure when it does happen that I'll be there. So I think it's already sold out. But if it's not, you gotta make sure you get your tickets now. Uh, yeah. I'll say this, man, to conclude, you know, your, you, your family, you guys are like a, uh, like a, a tree, like an oak, just like, and y'all have branches of your family, uh, that, that, you know, obviously within your family, but also people that have come, come out of your system, right? You have, or, you know, you mentioned J Jennifer Lopez, for example, even though JLo was, uh, uh, you know, she was already doing what she was doing. 
this role of her playing sister propelled her. You have artists like Frankie J, who had he not gone through that system, who knows where his career may have been. You know, we, we don't know, but we, what we do know is that he was part of the Cumbia Kings and he came out with the record that you wrote and or that you produced. I think you produced the Don't Want to Try record. He actually wrote that song. He wrote that song. He was living with me uh, when Frankie, when I, when I was introduced to Frankie, uh, Frankie had hit some, so he came in, you know, just, just, he had experience. He had been signed to a label before in freestyle music, but he had never done this before. So I took him under my wing. Uh, I room, gave him room and board. He lived with me. And he wrote, don't want to try, uh, there at, at, I had, um, a, a condominium right on the, on the beach and he wrote, don't want to try right there. And the thing is, is that, yeah, you know, he's been one of the guys to come out of this camp and represent, you know what I'm saying? That's, but that once again, it extends from the family dream. Cause he, I used all my knowledge that my dad taught me to, and I passed it on to him. You know what I'm saying? Now, what you do with that knowledge, and if you, the thing is, is if you main, maintaining, like I said before, I actually wished for a lot of things. I didn't wish, obviously, I didn't, nobody wanted what happened to Selena to happen, but I wished for, I went into a Spencer's one day and I said, man, there's Biggie, there's Tupac. There's all these groups, Green Day. There's all. I said, Selena deserves to be up in here, man. I thought in my head, and I wish. I said, hopefully one day. I wish, and you know what? It happened. And then it went to. I'm walking in downtown H Town, a prestigious part of H Town, and the Forever Twenty One. They had a whole display with all Selena stuff in the window. You know, and this is a non-Hispanic. Uh, store the area that this was located in. You know what I'm saying? It was in downtown Houston. H-Town. And I'm like, you know, this, this is all branching from dad. Cause dad taught Suzette to be a savvy businesswoman. She's, 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 she's a tough cookie, man, a tough cookie. You know what I'm saying? She, my dad, I think he, it's, it's almost like uh, boxing. You know what I'm saying? And it's uh, boxing. I boxed for a year and I went and competed at Raul Marquez. Roman Marquez, I didn't know he was going to be there out of all people who could be there to see me box. And then I boxed a six foot four guy. I'm five, five. Yeah. That's not, that's not a fair match. He weighed the same as me, but I had two options. I trained for a year, either get your feet wet, get in there or don't fight, go home with nothing. So I came home with a little boxing trophy. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to know what it would like to be to step into a ring and be on a different stage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, is that Raul Marquez, he said, that belt was yours. He goes, he goes you should have went home with a belt. He goes, I counted your punches. He goes, you should have won. That was good for me. And me and Raul, are, we didn't know each other back then. Now we're friends and we communicate now. You know, but the thing is, is that it's funny because he sent me, speaking of Kumi Kings, he sends me a video and I posted on my, on my page of his son and he's dancing, eating chicken nuggets. He's like five or six years old and he's dancing to Kumi Kings, you know. It's crazy, you know. It's just, it's it's this whole interview has been very. Uh, you've been able to to get the juice. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and I just wanted to be able to tell the story the way it needs to be told. I'll end with yeah. the final question. You know, okay. you alluded to it a little while ago. You said, "Man, whenever it took me 15 years to soak it all in, to process it, to really deal with it." My mother passed away in 2009. 
I buried oh, sorry myself. to hear yes. And my mother, you know, when she passed, I buried myself with work. So I didn't really deal with it until years later. And I feel like I still have that lingering effect at times. But I, I, I want to sit here. I wanted to ask because I feel like, especially with you, man, especially with you, I feel like everything you have done, anything that your family does is under a magnifying glass. And it's, it's, it's amplified times 10 because of who you are, because of who you're, what your last name is, because of what you've accomplished, because of who you're related to. There's a hundred things that factor into why what you do is under a magnifying glass. And what people need to realize is that you're still a human being. Mental health is very important, not only in business, but in, in, in the world as a whole. But when you, when you, when you step foot into being a public figure, you, you are now given the public access to your everyday life, right? And you're subject to public opinion. I've seen you in, in, in the news. I've seen you, whatever. And, and I, and I, to me, it's so difficult for me to like, I'm compassionate because I, I've, I've known you, I've met you, I've right. met you, I, I've seen, you know, I've been a fan of the music, just been being there all these years. And it's like, man, what you need to realize is like, you don't know all the hats that this man wears, everything he has to deal with, all the people that are responsible for feeding outside of your family. You know what I'm saying? Music, yeah. and people that depend on you, people that rely on you. So I just wanted to touch on the importance of mental health and then, you know, just kind of touch on that. But mental, mental health, um, I, 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 I suffer. Uh, they, I, I, I think that it stems from, from the pressures, even back from Selena back in the day. You're talking the first album with Selena. They, the record label didn't want me to produce it. They, there was a Grammy, supposedly a Grammy award-winning producer. I'm not going to say his name. Is he, he, he actually wore a jacket with a Grammy on the back and stuff. And he, he waved that Grammy around like it was gold and, and, and he was supposed to be the go-to guy. So they wanted to get rid of me. They didn't want me producing Selena's first album. They said, he's done a great job up to here, but we need for a bigger producer to step in. So my pop said, no, he stuck to his guns. No, you know, he says, AB's going to produce the albums. The pressures from Selena were very intense because we didn't box within our market. You're talking Selena, the person to beat was Gloria Stefan, Emilio Stefan, you know, Mi Tierra, which were heavy albums. And we were able to go to number one with Amor Prohibido. We were in a handicap because they were international. They could fill a stadium in Africa. You know, she had Conga, she had a lot of hits. But the point that I'm mention, mentioning is that when you work your brain too much, it's like you're lifting a dumbbell all day. Your bicep's going to tear. You're going to rip something, ligaments in your arm. I, I've hurt my brain from, from thinking of the possibilities, the angles, this and that. And it brought on traumas. And Selena passing, it just, I hit a wall. I was sick and I didn't know I was bipolar. I'm bipolar. I'm OCD. I'm ADD. I have social anxiety. I have social, I, I literally have to take a pill now to be able to perform because I get so nervous. I get scared. Uh, I, I get to a point to, uh, I'm afraid people are going to do something to me. You know what I'm saying? In the sense that you, you don't know, you know what I'm saying? There's so many crazy people out there. You don't know who has it out for you. You get death threats. You get all kinds of things that you, you it, it causes trauma to your brain. You know what I'm saying? If you go to a mall, uh, I went to a mall, uh, and I'm not, I was only there 
not even five minutes. And the next thing I know, I had about 50 people around me. When people come around you and they're A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, it's like it, it starts creating, you know what I'm saying? You start getting like these anxieties, you know what I'm saying? Now, you, now it comes with a business, but usually artists have bodyguards and stuff. They won't go anywhere, you know, unless they have bodyguards. I don't have bodyguards. You see me. I'm a simple guy and I always will be. You know what I'm saying? I can handle myself. But throughout the years, it's caused social anxiety. Uh, I've suffered from panic attacks. You know what I'm saying? I, I suffer from a lot of things. And it's, it's, that's the reasons why I've had to slow down. I've had to deal with this to fix myself. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that's seen me acting crazy stupid or having Kanye <laughs> tendencies, you know, or opening my mouth when I shouldn't have been opening my mouth, is Kanye, he, he admitted, he said, I'm bipolar, I have a problem, and, he, and I recognized it. I knew he was sick. I knew that, that Justin, Justin Bieber was sick. I knew this. You can see it. I see other artists. I know when they suffer, they got ticks. They got certain twitches. You can see how they, they still start scratching. And so they'll have something, and you know that they're suffering. Like, you see Justin now, he does his interviews, and he's like, he's like this and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And he's, and you can tell he's going on with his life suffering from Lyme disease and trying to just comprehend how he became this mega star that now he can't go anywhere. You know, he's what we're living right now, the way you're living and I'm living right now. Yeah. This is how superstars live. They're cages. They're, they're caged up in a What good is it to have a big house? You can't go to the mall. You can't go outside. You can't go anywhere without somebody taking a picture. I live that. I'm not, that, I'm not famous, famous, famous like those people, but I know once I step out this door, my, fold, my food's going to get cold because I'm going to step in a restaurant and people are going to start asking for pictures and selfies and my food will sit there and I've learned to eat cold food. Does anybody deserve to go to a restaurant and eat cold, cold food? No. Yeah. You go to eat a hot meal, but it's part of the business, brother. You know, but the thing is, is that I've reached that, that part. I love making music. Don't get me wrong. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love doing that. I love my life the way it is now. You know what I'm saying? I tour but I tour when I want to tour. You know what I'm saying? I don't tour now, you know, out of, uh, it's a forced force thing. You know what I'm saying? It's so mental health, going back to your, your, your question. It's very important for anybody watching this interview to get help, whether, you know, like you said, you're dealing with your mom. I know I, I can't even imagine I've lost a sister, but to lose a mom, that's, that's just as, just as and just as bad, and especially if you're not prepared for it, or whatever, whatever form it might be. But you you know how it feels. In any moment, you can crash. You know that. You know, something will will remind you. And imagine me. I'm reminded every day. People are sending me. They, I'm like the one thing that I do want to close with this. I do want to close. I want to ask all Selena fans. You know, I understand I'm her brother, and I understand you're a fan of my music and you're a fan of her of what I've done with her. But the fact of the matter is, I don't need your memes. I don't need your pictures. I don't need nothing. You know, I had a guy the other day send me pictures of, of us in concert. He says, do you remember this? And I wrote him back. I said, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> Let alone, can I remember 29 years ago or 30 years ago? You know what I'm saying? But the point is, what was your point of doing that? You know what I'm saying? What, what, why send me a picture of Selena that's on the internet and you change your hair color or change something and send it to me? Why are you going to do that for, man? I, I don't want to see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and but this is something you can start. Reminder too, you know, it's a constant reminder because, you know, um, 
like today, actually, uh, two years ago, my grandma passed away today, matter of fact. Wow, and I'm sorry to hear that. And, I, and I'm just thinking, like you were talking earlier, like, you know, I don't look at the 31st as the 25-year anniversary. I look at it as another day without my sister. I, I feel like, man, you know what? This is another day without my grandmother, right? Exactly. Now, the reason I talk about mental health is because that enormous pressure that you've had to, to, to be better than great because of what because of the expectations that you guys have set, the standard that you guys have set. But I also know that it's important for people to, to, to not only respect your space, but to understand the layers of who you are. Because when we talk, when I talk about you being a genius musically, thank you. Uh, it, it comes out as, it comes at the price of a lot that people don't see. And they don't see all the, the, the money grabs that people try to get. People try to grab that money from you for, for what they perceive you as being, or whatever the case may be, but you're still human, and I, and I, and I hope that people could take that away and understand that they should respect that, they should know that. So before they 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 do certain things, think twice. You know, just think twice. And, and the, the thing is, is that and, and another thing that that people do mention, and they say a lot, and I wish they would stop. You know, they'll they'll say things like, uh, you know, I'll post a picture up of my sister because I, you know, I'm missing her that day, and I'll put a little something under it. You know, I do this often. And then somebody will write, stop, stop hanging off your sister's career, man, and get your own career. You know, I did. I moved 30 million albums by myself, man. I moved 70 million with her. You know, what do you want from me, man? I mean, the thing is, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, you know, just, just don't say it at all. You know, and the, 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 the other thing is, is, is the, the family, uh, they're, they're making money off of Selena. They're making money off of Selena. What people got to understand is this is no different than when you open. We all have wishes. We sat together and we said, if one of us is to go, the business is to continue. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, we couldn't continue the business without Selena. You know what I'm saying? She was the main reason there was business. But that being said, we started this business. It was four business partners. It was Selena, my dad, Suzette, and me. We all invested our financials into this our lives i gave my life my my life i i, I literally gave to selena since i started producing and since she was six years old i've been at her side on the base since she was six years old so i, I did my tour i did my time and the thing is is that it's like versace you know gianni versace was was he passed he was murdered you know what i'm saying donatella's still alive versace still lives you still buying Versace shades at the mall? Who's, <laughs> yeah. who's getting the money? Who's getting the money? It doesn't matter who's getting the money. What matters, when I buy a, a Prince t-shirt, I don't ask, oh, Prince's sister's getting the money. Somebody's getting the money. I don't care. I got a Prince t-shirt, man. That's all I care about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that fans, same thing for them. You got a Selena t-shirt, be happy, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about where, where <laughs> financials. This isn't about financials. This is, this is, you're talking... Don't you think that I give I give anything back? I give everything I got. You know what I'm saying? Just to to be with her again. Anybody would to be with a, a loved one that you've lost. Sure. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But she did have a wish, and she said it herself. She said, "The goal isn't to live forever, but to create something that will." Mm. So we've continued that. Have you seen Selena? Um, Selena deodorant. Have you seen Selena soap? Have you seen Selena shampoo? No. Yeah. Why? Because that wasn't part of her dream. What was her dream? Fashion. Okay, clothing and makeup. She wanted her own makeup line. So Suzette, we carried out her wishes. 
She wanted something that was to live forever. I helped her with that. I did the music for all you fans out there. Y'all got something to listen to. You got, you got juicy music tracks and textures and colors, a beautiful picture that I've painted. And Selena has put her vocals on and we're blessed. Is it done? No. This year, you'll have a new remix album from A.B. Quintanilla, Selena and Suzette and Abraham, the whole family. Everybody put there. My mom, everybody's got their, my mom even selected, is, is selective in the artwork. If she doesn't like something, it ain't going on. This is the first time we're all in the same boat together. And I, I love my life. And this is partially my fault. You're right. Mental health is important. Dealing with the, a family death, you have to deal with it, man. You can't run from it. I ran. And I lost many years with my family because of that. Because I ran. I was out touring with the Kangs. We were out. There's a, if, you look, if you look on YouTube, uh, go look up uh, Cumbia Kings. Uh, it would be Pachuco and Chocolate. Uh, uh, 40, 40 Principales, I think it's called. Look for that video. We put 126,000 people in the stadium, Azteca, in Mexico. We played in, in, in El Zócalo, a quarter of a million people. I've seen a half a million people in Nicaragua. You know what I'm saying? We, we've, we've gone places. We've done things, not with just with, with the Kings, but it, at the end of the day, it didn't do me no good because I, I was suffering. You know what I'm saying? But I finally dealt with it. I reconnected with my family. I'm doing great. You know? Well, I'll say this, man. I appreciate you opening up. I appreciate you being candid. To those that may be dealing with something that you may not realize and you may not understand, hey, look, man, even cars break down. When they break down, what do they do? They go to the mechanic, they get fixed. That's what it's all about. Understanding yourself, having the awareness and being able to articulate what it is that you're going through. AB, it means so much to me. For you to jump on here, I know that we're all going through this quarantine shit together. Yeah, so I appreciate you opening up and giving me your time. There's, there's no problem, man. Any, any, you know, anytime I, I, I support your show. I've seen your interviews. I think they're they're brilliant. I want to congratulate you on 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 your interviews. I'm doing this interview with you, and a lot of things, like I said before, that I've told you. No, this is the first time because this is the first interview I've done you know, since we've been on this lockdown, it's given me a lot of time to reflect on my life. And I think it's given a lot of people, everybody, time to reflect on what are you going to do when, you, when, you, when this is over with. Now, I get to interview you now real quick. Uh, all right. Welcome to the A... Okay. Mr. Vega, what, what, Mr. Vega, welcome to the A.B. Quintanilla Show. I want to first thank you for uh, being my guest, okay? Uh -huh. want to congratulate you on your show. I've seen your shows. I think they're wonderful. And I have my own show now, so... I want to ask you a question and I'm, you're going to get the one question only this time. Right. What is the first thing you're going to do when a coronavirus is over and when you can go outside ben, and you can go do something? What are you going to do? What do you miss? I think that I miss a number of things. I could say professionally, I miss this. I could say that on a personal level, I miss that. I want to take my kids out. I just want to give them an opportunity to go wherever the hell they want to go. And that's, that's what it's and see, that's, that's the thing with me, I'm, uh, as, we, as we speak, but you and I can both agree that you and I, we, we, we those kind of people, where most people would say, uh, oh, I'm locked up or whatever. No, nah, we're smart people in the sense that we, you have found that you working, we, yes, we can work well by ourselves, but finding that when you combine your talents with other talents, it results in positive things 
And we both know that social media is now the way people find things. You know, they find information, they find music, they find interviews, they find certain things. And the thing is, is that people have to realize if, if you, you financials, you can shake a tree anytime you want. It ain't going to come easy. You just like with you, 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 everything you worked yourself up to be now, it didn't come easy. You know what I'm saying? It didn't get handed to you. You have a history, you know, you can go back. You know what I'm saying? You have a history. How do we know each other? We know each other because you work with me. You've had, you've had faith in me when other people might've said, you know, nah, we're not going to, we don't see taking them to this prestigious place working or whatever. You said, screw that. I'm going to bring AB here. This is where I see him. And I appreciate you because it was a beautiful memory. One of the, one of the top memories that, you know, where I got to step on another prestigious stage, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is that anybody watching this interview, what we're doing right now, any, any anybody can apply, but you ain't going to get it. It ain't going to come to you just like that. You got to call it. You got to, you got to work for it, baby. You got to work. And yeah, like I said, I got one more, one more big bout left in me. You know what I'm saying? I got one more big bout, you know, I, I got, cause you really got to think about it. I just finished these five projects for Selena, major projects that are coming out all laced all this year. They'll, they'll be just, it'll be one blow after another. Okay. So I'm doing that with Selena, which I'm very proud of. Now I've got to think, and I've already thought what I'm going to do on my last album. What am I going to do? What, what is A.B. Quintanilla going to do for his last album? And is this going to be the last we're going to hear of A.B. Quintanilla? You know, that's a question's asked. That's, and that's the way you want to keep the public is wondering, well, you know, what is this cat going to do next? You know what I'm saying? And that's the same with the Selena albums. What's going to happen? What's going to do this? And, and that's what creates the hype. You got to create hype before something comes out. You know what I'm saying? So that being said, I want to thank you for this, the time you give me for this interview. And we've chopped up, whew, we've talked about a lot of things. And, I, and I, good luck on your editing and fitting all this. I hope you can fit most of it because there's so much. We're going we're gonna to keep it all, man. I'm going to probably <laughs> condense it here and there. but uh, Yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's, it, this, it's been very interesting. You've picked my brain and, you know, I've allowed you to, I don't let very many people do that. I've had a lot of people come at me with a podcast and they want to do this and they want to do that. And, and to be honest with you, just today, a lot of things had to be said, man. And I appreciate you to let me vent on your show because I was able to say a lot of things that I don't normally say. Thank you so much, man. And look, man, just remember whenever the, 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 the show comes up, I'll be there in San Antonio. I'll pull up and, you know, I'm going to reach out to you. I appreciate you taking time to always respond, show love, and show support. Again, A.B., thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we'll see everybody, hopefully, when this virus is over, we'll see you at the Alamo Dome or anywhere that I'm possibly going to be performing, wherever it might be. Uh, looking forward, uh, always looking forward to being in the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The Dallas and Oak Cliff. So shout out to Oak Cliff and all the Rasa, everybody, guys and dolls, a high ho Gomez Palladium, all the, the spots, all the House of Blues where you put me on. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? And I and, uh, wish you the best of luck on your, your future shows. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you'll have some tremendous. Before, before you leave, though, I will say that we have to get one in person. In With Suzette and me, yes. Because, I mean, we definitely when she sees this, she knows, she knows, because I've said it before. And a lot of interviews, and I want to congratulate once again, Selena, the Library of Congress. That's crazy with Dr. Dre. Then two, she made people in Espanol and people in English, both magazine covers again. 
You know what I'm saying? And that, these are record-breaking things, and that's thanks to the fans. The you know the the, uh, the fans, y'all are all good people. I know that. Some you don't think before you post, <laughs> but it's all to the good. You can still love Selena. It's all to the good. But the thing is, is once again, thank you for the interview, and and uh, you know, best of luck on all your future your future artists that you're gonna have on. Man, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Show love. Peace man. out. You take care. Brother.